Hi, and welcome to The Literary Sipper. This is Amber Beatty Hill, your host. And today, we're going to talk a little bit about the emotional hangover that comes with creating. So first, I guess I should talk about where this idea comes from. So it comes from two places. I am an active reader on Substack of all things creativity-oriented, art, writing, photography, visual arts, and I'm fascinated by the creative process and by what makes what makes people do what they do in this human landscape of called art. And so I'm, I'm fascinated by all kinds of creative enterprises. But one thing I've noticed over the last couple of weeks in my reading is that I'm seeing the phrase creative overwhelm, uh, creative burnout, uh, what to do with all of the ideas you have, what happens when you run out of ideas, all of this I- concept around filling up to bursting and then having bursted, essentially. And so the other day I was in my car and I listened. I, I love uh, the comedian Pete Holmes. And if you don't know who that is, I can't recommend him highly enough. I like his stand-up a lot. His podcast, You Make Made It Weird, is excellent. And he talks all things creativity, meditation, wholeness, wellness. Um, he's brilliantly funny, but also incredibly goofy. And, and that's also what I am attracted to in him, that there's a lightheartedness and a sweetness to him that I find sometimes hard to access in myself. So I appreciate it when other people are so enthusiastic and forward-facing. And he was on a um, podcast with Zach Braff, the actor, director, writer. He directed Garden State, and he was on Scrubs, I guess, for years and years. And in that conversation, which they talked about so many different things, he talks specifically about what he calls the emotional hangover that comes when he has finished with his stand-up. And not just doing stand-up in terms of the practice of stand-up, but in terms of the build-up to the, the large project of maybe filming something for Netflix and or creating an hour-long special. And then what happens afterwards to him and how he recharges from that space. And he talks about this in such a way that you can't help but identify with him if you have done any sort of creative project and entered into any kind of position where you are showcasing that project to other people. And I think there's a physicality as well to performance, and that can be reading your work out loud in front of an audience. It can be obviously coming up with an hour-long stand-up special. It can also be showing your art at a gallery. Um, it can be, of course, singing. All, all of the branches of creativity have the culminating point, but then you also have the night after, the day after, the weeks after, where then you're expected to begin again. And with music and with people in bands, this can happen that night. And that feeling, that fullness of performance where you're receiving so much energy and love from a crowd 
you want to keep that going. So often you you keep partying or you keep hanging out and you try to make this feeling last as long as possible because the next night you might even have to do it again if you're on a tour. But the reality is at some point the tour ends, at some point the show ends, at some point your paintings get taken down from the gallery and you have to be alone and you are emptied from that expectation. You are emptied from that energy. And you have to then share space potentially with friends and family and re-enter the world when the thing that you've built has been uniquely and solely your responsibility. One thing that he talks about, which is a little bit of a side track from the emotional hangover space I want to talk about is he also talks about not sharing your work too early and not allowing other people, friends, to be privy to your experiences too early so that they also can suffer the burnout of your creativity, but really inviting them in when the project is ready. And that takes a lot of skill because sometimes when you're at the beginning of projects, you need that energy and encouragement to keep going. When you're at the beginning of your artistic journey, you need that energy from other people to tell you you're on the right track, to make sure that you're you're in a community. So I don't mean that sort of support from your peers or your colleagues who are doing the same kind of work that you're doing. I mean inviting the people who who maybe are the audience members in to that work and to that private space too early when your work is not ready yet. And he has a great deal of excellent things to say about that, which, so I, I will link that show in the show notes. You can click right on it and enjoy it. Um, and I think it's like minute 21, even I'll get that specific in it where he talks about the emotional hangover. But what I responded to in this specifically, is that hollowed out feeling. He talks about literally laying in his bed and that one of the things he loves most about his partner, his wife, is that she understands that and she can sort of ease him into regular life, his fatherhood life, his partnership with her, his going outside-ness, his reading, his meditation. She knows how to ease him into the regularity, the mundane, the ordinary, so that he can make extraordinary things out of those very same experiences, which is what he does in his stand-up. But there is this depletion that happens, and that depletion requires rest. It requires slowness. It requires self-care, self-compassion. It requires love to recover from. Problems often happen, or at least the stories of problems often happen in an artist's life when there isn't enough of that deep rest, that deep connection with others to bring them back from the brink when they have created something large. And especially if that creation has gotten the attention of a lot of people. And this emotional hangover is so true for creative pursuits, which require deep dives, meticulous energy, editing, trial and error, 
combating fear and doubt. And the culmination of the action then gets put out into the world and you then have an exchange with an audience or with a witness. And after that, you have to then go back and start again, but you have changed. You have changed. And there are things that about the creative process that you may have wished went differently. There are always edits in a book that you wish you could go back and change even, even in the final draft. There are times when you stumble over your words in a performance that you've done 111 times, but on that 112th one, you messed up line X and Y. How do you live with that? How do you live with the pressure to create again? And one of the ways you take care of yourself is with deep rest. And you have to have it. You have to know how to allow yourself peace, how to find access and equilibrium in peaceful ways of being. Now, this can be something like setting a new goal for yourself. But I caution against doing that too quickly. If you set a new goal every time you finish one, you never enter a period of deep rest. So think about relational equanimity instead. Think about reconnecting with those around you. Think about rejoining groups, getting energy from other people. Bring yourself back to neutral. For some people, this can be a clearing of your literal space. You might want to just clean your studio, clean off your desk, take down all those post-it notes, put away the journal where you scribbled everything down, get rid of all the pens you used to edit, start again. There's something about clearing the space that clears the energy, and it also is a very vital part of the creative process. Your space, your time, and the value you put on the work itself are the three legs of the stool you sit on. If any one of them is out of whack, you can't sit on the stool. You also work to clear the space so you can hear the voice that wants to rise to the surface to begin the process again. Someone um, just said to me today in a group that I'm running, you have to pay attention to the voice that is whispering to you inside and make manifest what they want because they're only whispering it to you. And you won't be able to hear that voice if your space is crowded, if your thoughts are crowded, if the energy from what you've produced before carries into the new day. If the hangover lasts too long, you cannot clear the space well enough to hear what might be surfacing next. So I really caution you to not begin too soon, even though the setting of a new goal may feel like the next right thing to do. Make sure you give yourself enough rest and you honor that rest. We do not honor rest in our society. We glorify busyness. If you tell someone that you took a nap, they act like, oh, I wish I could take a nap. Well, they absolutely could take a nap. 
unless they've got some kind of sleeping issue, in which case they can meditate, <laughs> you know, but put your body into a state of rest. It is vital. It is essential to your well-being. And it is okay if it happens at four o'clock in the afternoon. Now, I am not oblivious to people's work schedules and kids' schedules and all of those things as well. So find the rest where you can. But the important thing is to honor that time the way you honor your work time. And, you know, I'm not saying you have to take a three-hour nap. How about a 10-minute eyes closed in the sun feeling? You know, Dr. Huberman wants us to wake up every day and go look at the sun for 10 minutes. Maybe that's your deep rest for the day. Whatever it is, honor it, make it yours, and make it part of healing the emotional hangover that comes with creating. There's always work to be done. And for those of you who use the creative process to heal, you, you may break apart again in the making before you can reflect on the light you've brought to the darkness. So there is going to be this back and forth between breaking open so that you can create something new and giving yourself enough time to heal so that you can break open again. It is the dance for creatives. It is the feeling of all of the feelings and the translating of those feelings to something concrete that is required of us. But we cannot do it if we don't nurse our hangover. If we allow the hangover to persist, if we are always thinking about the thing we made, and in some cases, celebrating the thing we made five years ago as the greatest thing, instead of looking towards the new thing, the next thing, the thing that calls you now. You have to have a relationship with the present in order to understand what it is you're supposed to bring about next. Remember, you are making magic. You are bringing something together that didn't exist before, and that takes time. So don't expect the next period of creativity to be as fertile as the last one. It is going to just be the next one. So the recovery period has to be taken seriously. So ask yourself, how do you rejuvenate? How do you re-energize? How do you allow yourself rest? How are you allowing support for those activities? How are you reconnecting to friendship, community, family? How are you honoring your time, your space, and the value you bring to your art? How are you making meaning of those things? Joseph Campbell, of course, you know, the magical Joseph Campbell um, in A Hero with a Thousand Faces, he writes, the hero God is also the story of the artist writer. When you've rendered something into being, you have given birth, and like the mother's body, you are forever changed. I love this quote because for so many reasons, and I could do a whole episode on this quote alone. But the feeling of being an artist, the feeling of being a creative is being empty and full over and over again. Always, always, always empty and full. So when you find yourself in periods of emptiness, 
Allow yourself to stay there for a minute. Allow yourself to heal and to rest and above all to begin again. See you next week. Keep writing.